Well, hello, and welcome to the Arts Report for December the 15th, 2010. And this is part two of our Christmas and slash holiday uh, special, I guess. Uh, we we wanted to do a lot of, uh, obviously, a lot of holiday uh, content for, uh, for the Arts Report, and uh, we couldn't do it in one show, so we decided to spread it over two shows. So we did, uh, we did several um, holiday-related features last week, and we've got a bunch more for you today. Um, I do want to stress that it's not just for Christmas. It is for other non-Christian denominated holidays as well, such as Kwanzaa. We don't have any Kwanzaa events per se uh, on the show, but uh, I'm sure Kwanzaa is filled with just as much uh, cheer and uh, and good spirits as any as as uh, as any other holiday. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, let me tell you, on today's show, we will be talking about uh, 30 Live Christmas Party. Uh, 30 Live is Vancouver's newest uh, local live music series, and they kind of wanted to uh, celebrate the last uh, three, four months of gigs that they've been doing by bringing together the best talent from the last uh, few weeks of 30 Live shows and uh, and throw a Christmas party where, um, where part proceeds go to the Vancouver Food Bank, so you're in invited to bring a non-perishable food item and uh and enjoy some some great local bands that uh, you may not have heard of yet but uh but you will after you see the show uh tomorrow thursday uh also we'll be telling you about an off white christmas on last week's uh show we told you about white christmas playing at uh, the arts club and uh, this week we have Off-White Christmas, which is uh, being presented by the Vancouver Theatre Sports League on Granville Island, and they'll be putting a sort of fun improv twist on uh, on the holidays. And um, and and because it's it's improv, you know, there's always a component of uh, audience participation. So if you have any lingering tensions, you know, about uh, about how long you have to stand in line to buy Christmas presents and how in debt you've become or or the the scariness of seeing your in-laws, then you can um, you can shout out these things, uh, shout out your problems at um, at Off-White Christmas and they'll and they'll uh, they'll use it. They're incorp- they'll incorporate your problems into their skits and uh, and hopefully some catharsis will will take place. You'll get to release uh, your demons. Uh, and if nothing else, you can get drunk there. So uh, that's a great way to release demons, if you ask me. Um, what else? We have not one but two versions of A Christmas Carol, uh, The Christmas Carol Project at the Colch. And that's going to be uh, sort of like a musical, but it's not, it's not like a musical musical, but uh, it has music. It, uh, they have a storyteller who does the, the story of The Christmas Carol. And then they have uh, lovely folk musicians who... Um, you know, take it from there, and uh, and have made songs from from the story. So that should be great. And also a radio play version of A Christmas Carol. So you'll still go, it's still at a theater, but you'll be able to see how radio plays were done in the golden age of radio. So that should be fun as well. That's happening at PAL, the Performing, Performing, Performing Arts Lodge. Excusez-moi. And um, and then we have some some other interesting things, including a including a, a a store. It's sort of an art show. I wanted to say show. It's sort of like an art show, but um, but it's called a free store, where uh, this group of artists is collecting uh, junk, 
um, you know, stuff you don't need, stuff you might have at a garage sale, and they're going to put it up in, uh, make it like a like a thrift store on December the 23rd. So, so it has two parts. You can come to the event and uh, peruse through the items that they've uh, collected and, and take them for free. Um, and the other half that's perhaps more exciting is that if you have junk, you know, in your attic or, you know, old, uh, old stuff that you don't, that you don't need anymore in your house, um, they will come and pick it up from you for free. They will happily take it off your hands because, uh, they love this idea of having a free store. So yeah, we'll hear about that. That's pretty, pretty dang exciting. And, uh, and then at the end of the show, we'll have, um, a special, uh, report um, about uh, street musicians. You know, it's uh, it's the holidays. It's a time to uh, to think of um, not just ourselves, but of others. And um, why not uh, take a moment to look at people that uh, we as Vancouverites tend to ignore with uh, with a passion, <laughs> ignore with a passion. And those are street musicians. We love to ignore our street musicians. I think. I think. I mean, you know, I see them, uh, and I know myself. You know, you see these these guys on on Granville, and they're they're singing their tunes, and and we usually just uh, ro- walk right on past them. But uh, we thought we'd uh, put the spotlight on them today. So lots on the show. So we should just get started. Since September, 30 Live at the Forum Sports Bar has set out to promote unsigned local bands and also to spice up the Vancouver music scene. On December 16th, they're having a Christmas party with three of the best bands they've showcased over the last few weeks, and, uh, and they've partnered up with the Food Bank uh, to do it. These bands are Free City Collective, Aardvark Robinson, and Young Pacific. Arts Report correspondent Nick Sartori sequestered all of these bands' members that sounds kind of dirty, as well as the promoters of 30 Live for a conversation. Here is Nick. 30 Live is Vancouver's newest uh, independent music series, and I'm sitting here with uh, Dan Tanner and Leon Feldman, the two uh, promoters of 30 Live, as well as Free City Collective, Art of Arc, Robinson, and Young Pacific. Uh, so there's a, there's a show coming up. Dan, tell us about this, this show where these three bands are, are involved in. Uh, it's Thursday, December the 16th. It's our first Christmas show. And it features these guys. These guys are our, are our friends, as well as re- they represent the three hardest working bands that we've worked with so far. So uh, we wanted to ensure a, a full building, um, plus give them an opportunity to earn some decent Christmas money. Awesome. Um, more importantly, though, we have a uh, partnership with the Vancouver Food Bank, and uh, we're making it a condition of entry that everyone brings a non-perishable food item so that we can give a little back at Christmas, uh, as well as have an awesome party. Cool. So tickets at ten bucks with a with a food item. So uh, who am I closest to? What do you What do you think about this show, Leon? How uh, how, how are you feeling about this show? I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling good about this show. I mean, uh, all three of these bands. I mean, they're all good friends of mine, but they're also three of the hardest working bands I've I've ever seen, and they're also three of the best bands in the city. Um, then you just you know pile on the whole fact that we're doing a Christmas thing, and we're giving back as well with the food items and everything. So I'm feeling good. Right and so the first 30 Live featured uh, the uh, CD release for Free City Collective. So how, how was it for you guys playing here at the Forum as part of 30 Live? Um, <laughs> well, basically uh, it went off without a hitch. I mean, uh, it, it was better than we could have imagined it to be. Uh, w- when Leon told me about what the night was, we wanted to jump on it right away because people have been trying to do... Uh, 
was trying to establish a music scene in Vancouver for so long and trying to establish that community, and no one's really been able to step up to the plate and actually do something that's uh, worth mentioning, you know, or worth promoting. And, and this is something that everyone uh, really believes in, you know. And, and as, as you can tell by the last four showcases, we've had, you know, 200 to 300 people come out each time, and that's bands that are quote-unquote no-name. It's just because we're working hard to, to get people out here to see the stuff, you know. Cool. We're all friends. We've all been doing this forever, and and we love each other dearly. So, so do you find, I guess, then that you're building you're building a new audience of of people with you know with you know with all the bands working together to bring people out to the shows? Are you finding that you have you know new people you know discovering your music? Yeah, well, it's like you know, like I said, it's about establishing a community, right? And um, that's what the Thirty Live mission statement is all about, right? Um, and because we've all been doing this for so long, we all bring each other's fans out, and the and the uh, the atmosphere just grows and collects, and and it becomes a true uh, a true scene again, you know. So, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, Thirty Live continue then with uh, Art Bark Robinson. You guys played the uh, the second Thirty Live, right? Was it the second show? Yeah, yeah, it was. Cool. Right on. And and how was it for you guys? You know, it was pretty good. I I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was actually really. Uh, Really shocking for me to to uh, see this place so so lit up. I had never seen uh, like I had never seen a show in a sports bar so out of control. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And and how do you find that dynamic? Like, is the, is the sports bar thing? Does it work? <laughs> totally. Yeah, I love it. I Way better than the club, I think. Like, yeah, one yeah. Of much better uh, environment, I guess. You don't have to. I don't know. It's a nice in between. Yeah, between, between somewhere like the Biltmore and, and venue. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right on. And um, I'm really just, I think 30 Live is a really great thing to have started because you can walk, you know, down a residential area in Vancouver and any given afternoon you're going to hear a band practicing, you know, yeah. within a four block radius. And there are so many bands out there in Vancouver and this is finally something that's bringing them all together, starting a community, you know, filtering out. Right on. And uh, the, the, one, the one member of Young Pacific who's here, you guys... Um, when did you guys play 30 Live, or have you played 30 Live? Uh, we played, what was it, two weeks ago? A week ago? Thursday? We yeah, played. Yeah, you're still drunk from the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a bender. No, we, uh, we played with uh, Guilty About Girls and uh, Henry and the Nightcrawlers, yeah. and uh, two members, I, th- I don't know their names, from We Are the City played, and that, oh, was, right on. that was really cool. We got to uh, play last, and it was, yeah. I liked it. It was a good feeling in the room and stuff like that. The only downside of it is I saw those guys from Weird the City and they looked really depressed, mm. but they had ice cream, mm. and uh, <laughs> it was just kind of a it's kind of weird, you know? Yeah, you can't be depressed with ice cream. He, sell, he sells a hundred tickets to his show and he has a screaming audience and he's complaining about the frowns. Well, well, I don't know. You know, we're gonna. I, I guess if anybody sees free or we are the city, we need to um, you know, ask them why they're so depressed. I, I, I saw them smiling. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> anybody have any uh, final final thoughts on Thirty Live? It's like you can go out to a club and, you, and you're like, "What? I can't hear you." Or you can go enjoy some good music. There's two very clear options. There's a lot of people who just want to go out and forget about life. And, and just sort of zone out to, like, this crazy loud music. But there's a lot of beautiful music being made in the city right now. And uh, so just go out and see some shows. Now, this is something people have, been, uh, people have been mentioning, too, that they can't find the forum. So, Dan, help people find the forum. The forum is, was the old Buffalo Club. 
We are opposite Barcelona, where they play terrible techno music. If you follow the techno music and look away from the bar, you will see us waving at you from the window. With, with $4 paps. Thank awesome. you. Sounds like some Pabst beer was being enjoyed there, perhaps. Anyway, that was uh, Nick Sartori. Thanks to Nick for that. So, uh, 30 Live, Christmas for the Vancouver Food Bank is coming up on Thursday, December the 16th at the Forum Sports Bar on Granville Street. It will feature bands Free City Collective, Aardvark Robinson, and Young Pacific. You should get your tickets quickly, though, because uh, 200 of them are already gone. They have already been snapped up in pre-sale, so it looks like it's going to be a busy night, so uh, get your tickets from uh, Facebook. Facebook is a good place to get them. Just type in 30 Live Xmas and, uh, and, and read, read the info there, and you'll be able to get tickets. And that's for uh, 10 bucks in advance. Or you can arrive at the door on Thursday night and get in for $12 uh, with a non-perishable food item to be given to the Vancouver Food Bank. Uh, or it's $16 without uh, the donation. And uh, $4 Pabst Beer, as you heard there. So uh, check it out. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll tell you about Off-White Christmas at the Vancouver Improv Center. CITR would like to thank everyone who made a donation during Fun Drive 2010. Without your support, our little station would not be able to keep producing amazing volunteer-powered radio. Radio that strives to do something different, who introduce you to your new favorite song, your new favorite band, your new favorite sound. By harnessing the power of dozens of volunteer hosts as diverse as the programming they are dedicated to creating, we aim to give you something completely unique, and we could not do it without you. You are simply the best. CITR listeners. Better than all the rest. While White Christmas plays at the Arts Club, over at Vancouver Theatre Sports League, they're putting on an off-white Christmas. You're invited to grab a spiced beverage and enjoy your favorite improv games with a holiday twist. And as you'll hear from Alex Nazarevich, the marketing director for VTSL, the audience participation aspect can be kind of therapeutic in this stressful time of uh, busy malls and family gatherings. With Off-Way Christmas, we wanted to do something a little bit different that isn't always available around Christmas time, um, but we still wanted to celebrate the holiday season. So um, doing what we do best, making people laugh, we kind of took the holiday season, which is supposed to be a happy occasion and usually ends up being stressful for people, and sort of turned the stereotypes on their head and help people to laugh about them. So mm -hmm. it's our own way of spreading holiday cheer, you mm -hmm. could say. And, and is it off-white off because it's sort of uh, off from the regular sort of mainstream idea of Christmas? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so, so tell me about some of, the, some of the, the games, I guess, if I could say that. The yeah, place. for sure. Well, um, it's, it's two parts. It's a longer show, so there's an intermission. And in the first mm -hmm. part, um, the setup is a Christmas party with a bunch of friends. Mm -hmm. And that revolves around... Um, a whole bunch of 
traditional theater sports games mm-hmm. with sort of holiday bent to them. And then in the second part, um, the party goes caroling, and that is a Christmas version of our improv musical okay. in which the performers conduct a musical entirely from scratch. Wow. And uh, so I guess, uh, how does that work? Do they sort of take requests or...? They do. For the first part, it's fairly participatory in the sense that they take a lot of input from the audience. Mm-hmm. So um, they'll, call, they'll ask a lot of things of people, such as Christmas wishes, uh, things they don't like about the holiday season, um, a problem with having family over, mm-hmm. um, wow, things that can go wrong at dinner. And then it, then the, it sounds almost kind of therapeutic you know, for, <laughs> for people to kind of unload kind of their, of, their family and Christmas issues. Yeah, it's kind of the antidote to the mall and awkward relative gatherings. Right. Anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, it is. Um, and then in the second part, they take one suggestion at the start, and they create an entire musical off of that. Wow. Yeah, it has to be seen to be believed. It's quite something. <laughs> it, has to be, it cannot be believed unless you're there. Um, okay, and um, what kind of, you know, you're saying it's, uh, it's kind of therapeutic. What kind of uh, things are, are being uh, brought up by people these days? Oh, you know... Um, Honestly, sort of a lot of the more timeless Christmas things, um, one show that I was at, they asked for someone's Christmas wish, and, you know, of course, a few people yell out, world peace. Mm. And so uh, the answers are all over the board, though. I mean, I saw, I saw one of the musicals that revolved around the tale of the lost Christmas ice pick, for example. <laughs> it's, it's completely random. And the best part is that you never know what the audience is going to yell out, so that's half the excitement. Exactly. As it should be. It should be a bit weird, shouldn't it? Yep. <laughs> That's great, and um, and people can can enjoy a little um, some some uh, some rum nogs maybe. Oh, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. For me, that's definitely part of the fun. Um, it's a great social event because you can just come as a group and get there a bit early and grab drinks in the bar, bring them into the theater, laugh your head off, go out have another round at intermission, and then stumble home happy. So perfect. Well, thanks for taking a minute to uh, to tell us about it. You're welcome, Adam. And that was Alex Nazarevich speaking for the Vancouver Theatre Sports League, who's putting on Off-White Christmas until Saturday, December the 18th. Ah, but now there are three added shows on December 21st through to the 23rd. That's a Tuesday through to a uh, Thursday. It starts at 7.30 p.m. at the Improv Centre on Granville Island. And I mentioned uh, White Christmas... Uh, at the top, and that's still playing at the Arts Club uh, until January 2nd, although it is sold out um, for uh, until cr- basically until Christmas. Uh, best availability, they say, is from December 26th. At Dunkin' Donuts, each and every radio show is brewed fresh and served fresh at the peak of its flavor. If you're a tough customer, only the taste of this radio show will do. So go ahead, let Dunkin' Donuts make your radio experience exquisite. Indeed. (laughs) Dunkin' Donuts, serving sweet treats from the Pop Underground. Thursdays, noon to one. The Christmas Carol Project has been running for 15 years, and it's back again this year at the Kulch. As you'll hear from folk singer Terry Morrison, who has been part of it from the beginning, it's sort of a combination of theatre and rock opera. Not so much a musical as a story told through songs in this timeless tale of greed and community. Here's Terry talking about some of the talented people involved in the Christmas Carol Project. 
So we have Bill Bourne, who lots of people know is a great Canadian folk icon, I guess. And uh, he plays Scrooge. Um, Al Brandt, uh, he's a local Edmonton songwriter. Everybody lives here in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Cook. Um, uh, Al Brandt is the ghost of the present. Uh, Kevin Cook is um, Marley's ghost. Maria Dunn is Tiny Tim, and also um, she's a washerwoman. Mm-hmm. And um, Dale Latticer plays the ghost of the future, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm the ghost of uh, Christmas past. Mm-hmm. And Tom Roshkoff is Cratchit. And we we have a, a fellow who drums with us by the name of uh, Bill Hobson, and we're kind of a collective. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do this sort of on an equal share, and um, uh, so and uh, John Armstrong is our producer, and he's the guy who originally came up with the idea. Right, and and I wanted to ask you about that. How, where did where did the or what was this sort of inspiration to decide to take this story and and give it a, a musical twist? Well, um, John Armstrong, he as well as being a producer type, he's a musician himself, but. Uh, he, he's sort of taken it upon himself to promote various things around Edmonton, and he just he got this idea when he was over in England, and you know he was visiting the Dickens. He's a bit of a Dickens fan, mm-hmm. and so he um, he approached all of us and asked us, you know, if we might be interested in this. So we all got together and kind of met and talked about it, and uh, we all have been there since the beginning and we've all we all kind of agreed to the the concept and we went off and wrote our various songs for our particular characters mm-hmm. we kind of workshopped it uh the first year at uh, catalyst theater here in edmonton mm-hmm. this year we have uh dave clark as our narrator and he's a local actor and he also um he does a lot of uh sound design and light teching and whatnot for theater in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Can you give me a, a sense of how the show sort of runs? Like, um, is it, does it just go from, from song to song to song? Or uh, No, we have, well, the narrator kind of ties it all together. He, right. kind of, he kind of winds in and out. And um, he starts off the show and then, and then, yeah, we move through the story of, of the Christmas Carol, you know, the Dickens Christmas Carol, and then as each character kind of comes up in the story, mm-hmm. they do their pieces. And and it, it's, I don't know how to describe it, <laughs> but it's kind of a cross between a, a rock opera and a, <laughs> and a piece of theater. Right. I don't know exactly how to... I mean, we, we don't, uh, as the musicians, we don't really... Uh, act you know yeah. we just we play our parts through our songs mm-hmm. and it, it's a all i can say is we've been doing it for 15 years and we we have people who've come to it every year for 15 years so wow. there must be something to it it's actually a really great show and i wonder how how has it evolved over those 15 years can you give me sort of one example of something that's you know kind of uh, morphed or you know started as one thing but sort of um turned into something else now We've added um, we've added various uh, musical pieces to it, and a little more um, kind of musical texture behind mm-hmm. uh, the narration and and that sort of thing. We play not just as individuals; like we are, it becomes a band, you know. So you're talking about a fairly 
large band and some great players like everybody is a really exceptional musician i have to say and so yeah and and great voices you know mm. so we all sing and we all are playing i mean not all the way through everything sure. but you know we have our parts and we come in and and out of other people's songs and mm. it's just a very good show. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if I do say so, <laughs> if you do say so, you may, you may. Um, and as a as a final question, uh, I wonder, from your point of view, what what is the the most important message of uh, of a Christmas Carol? And uh, it's really about uh, the togetherness of Christmas, I guess. Hmm. Celebrating, you know, Christmas as being about joy and giving, as opposed to you know being kind of and thanks to Terry Morrison for that. The Christmas Carol Project will be at the Historic Theatre at The Colch on December the 17th and December the 18th at 8 p.m. Tickets uh, range from, or tickets start at $36, and you can get them at uh, tickets.thecolch.com. Uh, and rush tickets are $5 for youth and $15 for adults. Um, also, the Christmas Carol Project will be on, uh, on TV tonight, on Bravo, at, uh, at 6 p.m., so right after the Arts Report. You can check out the Christmas Carol Project uh, right on your, your TV. And uh, I think there's a, there's a few other uh, showings of it on Bravo after uh, today, you can check out uh, bravo.ca to find out when those are. I think Terry said uh, that they'll be kind of late at night. So um, if you have too much uh, turkey over the holidays and uh, can't sleep, maybe you can catch uh, the Christmas Carol project on the TV or just go to the couch on the 17th or 18th and, uh, and get it live in its full glory. And now for another version of A Christmas Carol, this one also with a unique twist. The Performing Arts Lodge, or PAL, is doing the Dickens classic as a staged live radio drama. It should be a real treat because PAL is crawling with extremely talented and experienced performers like Sean Allen, who's performed on Broadway with the likes of Catherine Hepburn and Carol Burnett and is also uh, the assistant director and actor in A Christmas Carol. So why is PAL so chock-full of talent? Here's Sean to fill us in. Well, Performing Arts Lodge is uh, uh, subsidized housing. 80% of it is subsidized housing for people who have been in the performing arts who are 55 years or older. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of actor types and performing artists work sporadically during their work life and when it comes time to retire have very little to live on and uh, so luckily Joy Coghill and uh, and mainly Joy pushed it and they got uh, they got this place uh, hmm. when they were developing the Coal Harbor here and uh, so we've got a place where those uh, those people uh, who were you know were kind of stuck in their old age have got a safe place to live and be and, and work. You know? and, and while other buildings have uh, uh, pools and gyms, uh, this building has a theater. A theater. <laughs> we have a hundred seat theater. <laughs> That's great. And uh, I'm just curious, what is what is that like? And uh, you know, what's how, do, you, do does everyone get along well, or is everyone pretty dramatic? Are there are there, are there a lot of drama, <laughs> drama queens in the building? Well, sometimes it feels like we're we're putting on a grand opera instead of a 
radio play, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fun. <laughs> right on. We've all developed a great sense of humor about all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right on. And, and Okay, so let's get to uh, A Christmas Carol. Yes. Now, is this an annual thing? This is our third annual, and uh, every year it gets bigger and better, and this year it's, uh, we've got a wonderful, wonderful um, musical director, Corey Payette, a young man, Mm-hmm. And uh, he's added a whole lot of underscoring and Christmas carols and things to it, which is making it really wonderful. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're, uh, you know, we always kind of add little bits and pieces every year. So it's a little different. And in terms of it being a radio drama, how does that sort of, uh, how does that work uh, in terms well, of live theater? Well, basically, as an audience member, when you come into theater, you mm-hmm. become part of the studio audience of a, of a, a live radio broadcast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we have the signs that say on air and applause and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of interaction between the, the players and the audience. And uh, it's like a real old-fashioned radio drama with live uh, the people making the live sound effects, you know, with coconut shells and <laughs> for horses' hooves and wind machines and thunder machines and all that kind of thing. Wow, that's so, great. And it's amazing. You know, a lot of the kids have never never seen anything like that you know a lot of the younger people who come you know don't remember radio or and, uh, <laughs> and so watching live sound effects being made is fascinating <laughs> yeah and it's also functions as a fundraiser yeah absolutely it's a benefit for pal what we do is we target things that need to be done in the building uh the first year we re uh we finished up the dressing room uh, uh the second year i forget we put out a uh a window box sign in the front of the building. This year, we're going to get barn doors for the uh, for the lights, and uh, so there's there's various projects around here that that get done. So far, we've raised about, I guess about eight thousand hmm. dollars. That's great. Yeah, we've had fun. We continue to have fun doing it. And that was Sean Allen telling us about a Christmas Carol at PAL Theater at five eighty one Cardero Street in Coal Harbor. And there are only four performances of this show, which is also a fundraiser for PAL. And that's uh, Thursday through Saturday, December 16th to December 18th at 8 p.m. And on Sunday, December the 19th at 3 p.m. So that's between December 16th and 19th. You can get tickets online at bizbooks.net. And ticket prices are $20 for adults, 15 for seniors and students. And uh, those under 12 can get in for 10 bucks. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to share some, uh, some other perhaps not uh, directly Christmas-related content, including we'll tell you about that uh, free show. And uh, we'll also uh, give a review of Kings of Pastry, which is a film playing at uh, Pacific Cinematheque in, uh, in the next little while, this weekend, I should say, to be specific. And, uh, and also we'll get that report on, uh, on street musicians. So stay with us. UBC's Museum of Anthropology displays long-term and visiting exhibits of indigenous art from around the world. And guided tours are free. Our permanent collection features one of the world's finest exhibits of Northwest Coast First Nations art. Our collection includes 36,000 ethnographic pieces, 535,000 archaeological pieces, and over 600 pieces in the Kroner Ceramics Gallery. 
there's a lot to take in. Luckily at the Museum of Anthropology, final exams are always take home. If you've never checked out this world-class facility, now's your chance. The Museum of Anthropology is located right on campus and free for all UBC students and faculty. Come enjoy our collection and resources. And we're back on the Arts Report here on CITR 101.9 FM. I'm Adam Janusz. And uh, before we go on with the show, uh, if you want more Christmassy related uh, uh, content, you should check out last week's podcast because we have features there on uh, Brief Encounter, uh, White Christmas at the Arts Club, and, uh, and some other great holiday stuff. So, so if you missed it last week, uh, go to citr.ca and under shows, you'll see uh, the Arts Report podcast and you can check it out. Uh, there. Also, if you don't already, uh, follow us on Twitter because uh, we send out little uh, little heads ups and updates about things that are going on. So if you watch the show and say, "Oh, I want to go to that thing this weekend," and then you forget about it, you'll get a little message on on uh, on Twitter in a couple of days saying, "Hey, that thing is is tonight. It's going to be great. Here's the address. Go check it out." So yeah. Four years ago, a group of artists wanted to explore the oxymoron of a free store. The concept of a store filled with items, except everything is absolutely without cost. Now it's become almost a public service, where these kind folks will come to your house and pick up your unwanted junk, and then on December 23rd, open the doors of the Little Mountain Gallery off of Main Street to proudly display these artifacts. Here's Emma to tell us how it all got started. Um... It is, it's, when we got the idea, it was Nigel Mojica who gave it to us, me and my friend Julia, I think in 2007, and basically we just wanted to host a paradox, which was like a free store, and it was like, kind of, we weren't going to, there was no performance art entail, but we were like really stoked on it just being an art show. <laughs> just, just, then, just to explore the idea of that, yeah, of that totally. paradox? Yeah, we that's all we cared about. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have that much stuff the first year, but it was kind of just like a nice party. And then we kind of realized that it served a purpose and it was probably the most functional thing we'd ever done. So we got really <laughs> stoked on it. So, and what is that purpose? What is that function? Relieve people of their excessive burdens of crap they have in their <laughs> attic by driving to their house, picking it up, and then setting it up like a store and making it seem new again by having lots of fun around it. Yeah, and, and tell me about a bit of that, that, that fun. Like, So I'm guessing you kind of, you kind of uh, artfully display this stuff? Well, I mean, we put it out like as if it were just, you know, like a thrift store. Mm-hmm. We don't put prices on anything. Mm-hmm. And Little Mountain has given us their space uh, for a day every year to pass. Well, this will be the fourth year, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it wouldn't have happened without them. And actually, they we put a thing up on Facebook, of all places, asking anybody if they wanted to host it, and they contacted us. Wow. So, yeah, they, they're awesome. And, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's a whole, like, free store started in San Francisco by, like, Emmett Grogan and the Diggers. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would suggest anyone looking into that because that stuff's really cool. And... That's based off of, like, uh, it's just, like, based off of, like, archaic English anti-feudal protest digging. Really? Yeah. Totally. They're cool, too. Check into, like, the diggers. I think, like, 1300? I haven't looked into them yet, but I plan on doing that this Christmas. Wow. Yeah. And and so, uh, just to go back to 
um, the actual picking up, you, you will do that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah totally. We, I, I have one friend with kind of his own car, and Caitlin Starr, who's doing it with me this year, we can borrow her mom's car sometimes. Wow. She can drive, yeah. I mean that that's amazing. I mean that's that's a that's a very functional and helpful service alone. Just the fact yeah, that you will actually come and help, you know, and pick it up for people. Yeah, the most excited people aren't the people that get stuff. It's always the people that we pick stuff up from. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for waiting on me for so long. Wow. And what kind of uh, you know over these last few years, what kind of uh, things have you have you picked up? What are some highlights? Uh, highlights. Well, this year we have a loom, and we might get another loom. Uh, and then we have, like, eight light brights. Last year, we always get, like, an old MacBook, like a really old Mac. <laughs> Is that right? And some really fantastic clothes. This year, we have some awesome tapes, which I'm, like, really surprised about. Like, we have, like, PJ Magic Mike and PJ Harvey, and they're all, like, in their plastic still. And some, like, really cool acid house compilations. It's very strange stuff wow. that people actually end up giving away. I'd say that, like, they, out of, if there's, like, 300 items, there's, like, 20 that I find, like, that I would really want, and then the rest is kind of, like, maybe I would take, but last year we got rid of almost everything, so. Wow. It was fun. And you were saying it, it, it's kind of like a party, you know, the, the night of. Well, it's been a special day. I mean, it's not so much a party for anybody unless they're, I don't know, really stoked on it. It's not a party <laughs> for me because I get to listen to really, really loud music all day long. Yeah. And just talk to people about garbage and crap, which is great. That's awesome. Well, well, thanks so much for taking a minute to uh, to tell us about it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's on the 23rd of December. You should come. I will go. I want a loom. I'm going to go and pick up a loom for my house. Anyway, that was uh, Emma telling us about the free store. Uh, so it's on December the 23rd, and if you want to donate some unwanted junk, and if you want it to be picked up for you from your house, it's amazing, then email Emma at this email address that I am about to give you now. Freestorevancouver at gmail.com. That's freestorevancouver, all one word, at gmail.com. Last week, we told you about a slew of films playing this month at Pacific Cinema Tech, including Kings of Pastry, which has been described as the hurt locker of the culinary world. So here's Nehemann with a review. Years of preparation, sacrificed families, and an eye for perfection. Sound like a lead-in for a feature on the Olympics? Well, almost. It's the Milieu Ouvri de France, or MOF, the Olympics of Pastry. In Kings of Pastry, documentary heavyweights Chris Hedges and D.A. Pennenbaker follow Jackie Pfeiffer, a finalist in the coveted competition, as he prepares for a chance at the award. The MOF is held every four years and awards the best artisans in their fields, giving them an honorary tri-colored collar worn by the chefs and allowing them lifetime public recognition of their greatness. This award is such a lifelong dream for some that years are spent in preparation, some even distancing from their families and taking a mortgage out on their homes. At the end of the three-day competition, the callers are awarded and French President Nicolas Sarkozy congratulates the winners at a ceremony at his home in the Elysee Palace. The meilleur way in France is about showing every day what you believe the best that can be done, you know, in teaching or in producing a product. Every day, every day you, you put back your title because the color we wear, 
we are the only chef allowed to wear those colors. If you wear those colors and you're not, you can go to jail. The movie follows lovable Jackie Pfeiffer, a famous pastry chef and co-founder of the French Pastry School of Chicago. Seeing him work his pastry magic in the kitchen weeks before the finals, you get an appreciation for his craft and commitment. With over 40 recipes needing preparation for the final buffet, the stress is on. The sugar show pieces, the cream puff, the brioche we have to make, the jam, there's a wedding cake, plated dessert, there's some tea pastries, chocolate candies, lollipops, chocolate sculpture. Okay. Hedgetus and Pennebaker follow Jackie, as well as two other French chefs, Regis Lazard and Philippe Rigelet. The couple broke ground with the film, not only becoming the first cameras in the competition, but the first public audience in general. Known for documentaries focused more on politics and pop culture, such as Don't Look Back, a feature on Bob Dylan, the moth was an odd topic for them. From the beginning, we kept not wanting to look at each other in the morning because, say, what are we doing? We were somewhere in Alsace, you know, watching people practice making cakes or whatever. <laughs> And we wondered, what are we doing here? Why are we making this? And yet, the further we got into it, it was like it was touched by some psychic force to be a film. Parts of the film, such as watching finalists carry tall sugar towers to their display, had me at the edge of my seat. And when pieces crack and break on the final day, it's almost too much to watch. As the pressure builds and the minutes go by, the finalists have their work cut out for them, impressing a strict panel of judges all wearing the moth collar. Those judges are here at all time, and you can see, you know, they ask questions, they look. You can't cheat, they'll see what you do. Even if something goes wrong, you can't hide. We check your coolers, we check your freezers, we check your equipment, we check your garbages, we check everything. Making the Food Network as exciting as reading a cookbook, the film is definitely a must-see for documentary lovers. It will have you biting your nails and wishing they were chocolate. Mmm, chocolate nails. Uh, thanks to Nahum Mann for that review, and you can check out Kings of Pastry at Pacific Cinematheque from December 17th until the 23rd. There are various show times, so you should go to cinematheque.bc.ca to get uh, show times. In the spirit of Christmas goodness, Arts Report correspondent Elena Metz wanted to explore a side of Vancouver that's often ignored, the street musicians. So she teamed up with Jasmine Thomas, another member of our Jolly Arts team, and went in search of the hearty souls who share their music on the street. Here is their report. Okay. So, so what's your name? Again? My name is David LaRondell. Okay, and where are you playing right now? I'm on Granville Street between Robson and West Georgia in front of the best mattress store in Vancouver, Sleep Country, Canada. Okay. Um, so how much do you make on average on a day? Um, generally, I go by like the hour. It could be anywhere from zero. The best hour I had was 250 bucks. But uh, it, on average, probably 15 to 20 bucks an hour, I guess. Yeah. How long are you going to stay here? I got here about 15 minutes ago. I've played three songs, one of which uh, I played already, but I'm going to play it for you now because we're doing an interview, and I'm, so I'm going to play you an original tune that I wrote. And what was the funniest experience you had when you played your song? Uh, the, best ex the, the, the funniest experience? I've had, a, I've had several, but I had some guy uh, get so excited after my uh, song that I played for him that he dropped his pants and mooned me. Yeah. Okay, so let's hear a song. You want to hear a song? Okay, yeah. original song. Okay. 
devoured by your eyes Story left untold Wish I knew before I hit the road And then it all gets back to me See your naked fears After all the years Through all your tears Because it's raining, we got to start with something blue under the blue. Legend in my spare time. Sure. Okay, your name? <laughs> Tom. Okay, Tom, Tom Gurlitz. Tom, Tom, how long are you Gerlitz. playing here? Oh, since the Olympics. Since the Olympics? And when oh, today? Just right now. Um, how long have you been playing the flute for? Oh, 40 years. $20,000 flute. Playing for quarters with a music degree. Oh. Music is not appreciated in Vancouver. Not at all. People are willing to spend $7 to get in a discotheque and stand in line to do it. There's no work for musicians. There isn't. That's why, that's why a guy with a music degree and a $20,000 flute is playing on the street for quarters. Okay, what was your funniest experience you had? Funniest? Santa Claus Parade was fun. I had, uh, right after the Santa Claus Parade, one of the escalators was broken down, so there's 400 people in here with kids high on sugar after they saw Santa. And I made him dance the whole time they were waiting. So they were throwing him like 20s, boom, boom, $250 in an hour. Then I went to, uh, to Starbucks on Robson and made another hundred and a half an hour. So yeah, there I got appreciated, $350 in an hour and a half. And normally, how, how much do you make? In 35, 40, 50. And how, is it, how does it work? Do you have to get a license to yes, play? Yes, there's only 40 they're giving out for the Olympics. And, and no, only those people are allowed to play. Um, how did they decide who got the... It was auditions. It was on I was on global TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was like 200-some musicians tried to audition, and uh, they picked 50 for the Olympics. And then they cut it to 40, I guess. 10 got fired. <laughs> and how did you, do you get the spot? Like uh, they, they have a schedule. And uh, if there's no one scheduled to play there, you can play there. 
And if the person scheduled to play shows up, you got to let them Was play. it just for the Olympics or is it always like this? Oh, Olympics, way more money. Europeans know when they hear good music on the street, they don't think this guy's bum. This guy's a bum. He's trying to panhandle. They know good music. They're used to having, like in Paris, they're used to having a, a person sitting beside them in a cafe. They're drinking a $200 bottle of wine. They don't want some guy playing Neil Young out of tune, 40 years old. <laughs> Burrard Station, come on down. It's all music all the time. Better than 103.5. Because it's live, baby, in your face, Christmas music. What's your name? Uh, Brett Stewart. And you're playing here since how long? What, uh, I've been over here in this spot, just about an hour. Yeah. And when, I, when did you start to play in the streets? Uh, I don't know, that's really uh, like musical instruments I've been playing for like four years or so, but I mean like, I mean, this is all the same thing. I mean, English is an instrument as well, you know, like we're all practicing instruments every second whether you know it or acknowledge it like that or not. So, my whole life. But musically, I've been playing for four years. How much money do you make on a day? It depends. Uh, it depends how much I get kicked out. I'm not licensed, so I just kind of go to spots where I know the licensed players aren't yet. So, and then they usually kick me out, or the police do, or the transit police do. Uh, or I don't have it, like today, I don't have an amp, so I won't make lots of money. Um, I broke my pickup, so and I'm not going to make lots of money. But usually I make about 10 bucks an hour. Uh, yeah. Okay, thank you. So, uh, what's your name? Speeches Beyond. And where are you playing right now? Uh, on Granville. Yeah, you always come here? Uh, as much as I can. So, how often is this? Uh, maybe three days out of a week, if the weather permits. When did you start doing this? Uh, as soon as they, the city let us have amplified equipment, before they wouldn't let uh, hip-hop be allowed on the street, uh, because there's a bad stereotype around hip-hop. But if anyone listens to the hip-hop I do, there's like a way bigger difference. So, And uh, anyway, so yeah, they let us, they let us do it, and uh, we're really happy about that. It's been about five months now. Um, so. What kind of hip-hop do you listen to? Uh, anything conscious that has awareness in it. So um, not necessarily like religious, but just aware. So, like a mortal technique, KRS One, you know. Cool. How much money do you make a day? Uh, it varies. Sometimes it's very little. Uh, since the Olympics, it's been like maybe 20 bucks, and that's not in a full day. So, but I have CDs also sometimes that I'm able to sell. So, but yeah, right now this is what I do full time. Okay. Um, so. What was the funniest thing you experienced making uh, music on the street? Funniest. Yesterday I had a guy, he grabbed my change and like tried to run away. <laughs> like the whole bucket, he grabbed it and tried to run away. So I, you know, I ran up to him and I grabbed his arm. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And then he dropped it, so the change went everywhere. I was like, man, that's so disrespectful. And then he tried to run away, but all these guys saw, so they grabbed him. And they made him come up and apologize and pick up all the change. So, yeah. It was pretty bad. That was last night. What was the best reaction of people? 
Uh, okay, so we had this uh, a dad and his son who was like, like 10 years old, and they came up, and then they were supporting what I was doing, and then a CD worker came up, and they were like, uh, I don't know if you're actually allowed to do hip hop on the street. I don't know who they were, and I was like, oh, and they tried to shut us down, but then the guy he's he stood up for me and he said, what are you doing? This guy's not swearing. He's actually doing something really nice here. And anyway, so she left and the, they bought a CD. And they weren't even from here. They were from like, where was it? Edmonton. So, yeah. Those who don't know what this is, this is New Millennium Poetry. You should know. Ah. You could be any one of the terrain of the earth and still relate to my mind. But inside of a verse, if you don't know already, then you're about to bear witness to one of the slickest, sickest, thousand deliberate. And thanks to Elena Metz and Jasmine Thomas for that lovely report. Uh, by the way, Elena will be returning to Germany in the new year, and I have to take a second to thank her for all the work that she's done for the Arts Report these last uh, few months. Uh, we were very lucky to have a radio professional from Europe on our team, and the show has definitely taken a great leap forward um, thanks to her efforts. So thank you, Elena. All the best, and we'll miss you. Well, that's it for uh, for this week's show. Uh, next week, we will not be here. Uh, we're going to take a much-needed holiday break at the Arts Report. And so you'll probably hear a rerun of, uh, of today's show. No, sorry, you're not going to hear a rerun. It's going to be a, uh, a, a compilation of the last two Christmas uh, specials. They will be uh, magically remixed. Not rerun, remixed into an excellent uh, Christmassy show for uh, for next week. And then uh, and then we'll be off uh, until January the 5th. So I guess this is my, my last opportunity to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas, uh, Boxing Day, New Year, Kwanzaa, and uh, I guess Hanukkah's done, I think, but uh, Happy Hanukkah as well. And uh, any other holiday that I have missed, I wish you a happy that as well. Um, if you like, uh, if you like the art support and would like to get it in uh, your, well, not really an inbox, but uh, your iTunes box uh, on a regular basis, then you can subscribe, and you can do that right from our website at citr.ca, and there you will um, can navigate around to find the art support and uh, and subscribe to our podcast, and then it'll just pop into into your iTunes or uh, whatever program you use automatically. You don't have to. Uh, worry about being in at uh, at Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Um, and that's great. And uh, and of course, follow us on Twitter. That's cool too. And um, I guess that's uh, that's all I got. I'll leave you with some some happy happy Christmas music because I know you haven't really heard any seasonal music in the stores. God forbid that they would play such music in the store incessantly whether you liked it or not over and over again ad nauseum until your head explodes so um, here's a little bit of uh, the Nutcracker which to be fair the Nutcracker is pretty uh, not only pretty like tasteful pretty tasteful music but it's not uh, it's not your typical jingle bells not something that you'll you're likely to hear a bajillion times in uh, in stores um, I haven't done any Christmas shopping myself so this is why we can't have an art report next week is because I need to go Christmas shopping for my family and uh, and friends so see you in uh, 2000 I guess hear you in 2011 I'm Adam Janusz it's been a pleasure 
uh, being your host for these last uh, many bunch of months in 2010 and looking forward to more in 2011. Goodbye. Was the fright before Christmas. No one upset me with a big bowl of popcorn watching TV. I stretched, gave a yawn, settled back in my chair in hopes that St. Nicholson soon would be there. The children were lying awake without sleep. They'd seen all his movies. He gives them the creeps. I'd queued up Cuckoo's Nest with my trusty remote to the part where he had all the nuts on the boat. When out in the yard, there arose such a noise. I turned off the TV to see what it was. And what to my wondering eyes should approach but the Los Angeles Lakers and Pat Riley, their coach. The limo was racing, the team at its heels. That's when I saw him, the man at the wheel. He ranted and cursed, waved round his swizzle stick. And I knew in a second it must be Jack Nick. More rapid than the Celtics, these Lakers, they came. 